The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefold. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. You're listening, of course, on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Fauci. <laughs> I did yeah, well, you know, they pronounce it. It's funny. Um, Weffold. Weffold? Weefold. And I always tell people, and I have my right hand up, okay? And I go, it's like we, and then I move my right hand down, fold down. Fold down. Okay. Now, you all know that I'm half Chinese, half white, at least you should by now. And so a lot of people look at me, and I say, Dr. Weefold, and they go, oh, and then later on, they go, well, Dr. Weefong, you know. Weefong. And that's not even no. a Chinese name. I mean, no, no, Fong no. is, but not Weefong. I guess <laughs> you could combine Norwegian and Chinese and come up with that, but what the heck, you know? But anyway, you can call me anything you I, want do, at any time. Do you remember what I, you realize what I just called you? Uh, my Do- hearing's bad. Dr. Franklin Fauci. You better not. That's That, to me, is not a good thing. That's too much. All right. So we are here to help you get better, stay healthy. And we've been saying spot medical misinformation. We're going to drop that, I think, as part of our slogan. And I'll tell you why in just a little bit. Okay, Dan. Um, there, there are many things we can talk about. California wants to protect you against medical misinformation. There is something called... And I'm going to mispronounce it, but I'm going to try my best. Vasovagal syncope? That's perfect. Is it really? Yeah, vasovagal syncope. And it's much more common than we think. I mean, I'm telling you. I can tell you of a situation where it happened to me. Yeah, and I can tell you of a situation where it happened to me, although it involves bodily functions, which you may not want to hear about. Oh, well, then let's go. All right. Sure signs you have coronary artery disease. A lot of doctors tried desperately to join hospitals or other medical groups, and they were successful yeah. during the pandemic of finding an umbrella or a, uh, what I do mean, you call it, a parachute. Yeah, this last week Yeah, uh, in what I had to do in order to please uh, insurance companies and um, other um, medical poobahs yeah. uh, made me want to join a hospital in, in a sense that uh, this is all taken care of. But what... When I talk to my friends who are employed by a hospital yeah. now, yeah. they um, envy me uh, because I have the freedom to practice the way I want to practice instead of practice the way the hospital tells me I have to you. practice. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Um, Dr. Fauci said an amazing thing this week, and it would had to do with the fact that they have now... Um, lifted the mandate, and it was a judge that made the decision, lifting the mandate on federally supported transportation, including airplanes. Right. And Dr. Fauci said this about that. 
both surprised and disappointed because those types of things really are the purview of the CDC. This is a public health issue. And for a court to come in, and if you look at the, the rationale for that, it really is not particularly firm. And we are concerned about that, about courts getting involved in things that are unequivocally public health decisions. I mean, this is a CDC issue. It should not, should not have been a court issue. So we're hoping that the inevitable increase in cases which we're seeing are not going to be associated with an increase in hospitalizations. Okay, so he's upset that a judge overruled the CDC. Well, I think that this is an example of people of a certain political persuasion that believe uh, regulators can make law. Okay. And that stems from a purely socialism, socialistic point of view of government. Sure. I think people should remember that this country is not a dictatorship. The Congress makes laws. Right. And the executive branch, which is what the CDC is part of, only enforces laws. Okay. So the power of the CDC to do anything is created in legislation which is passed by representatives in Congress who are answerable to you and me. So ultimately, we decide, not the CDC. So the CDC thinks it has the authority to issue mask mandates. They have the authority to do things that are in the best interest of public health. Okay. So yes, they can say everybody should wear a mask. They can, by law, put you into custody for 72 hours because you have a communicable disease that you are not doing anything about. Okay. 72 hours. Yeah. And then they have to turn you over to the states. <laughs> okay? Because the states have powers that are not specifically given to the United States government. Yeah. So what did this judge do? The judge interpreted it that the CDC crossed over its boundaries in terms of what they are legislated to do. So, for example, if the CDC is all-powerful in terms of public health, like Dr. Fauci thinks they are, right? they could say everybody is confined to their home until we say so. Okay. That's what the power that they think they have. But there's something called the First Amendment, the Bill of Rights. Right. There's something called the laws that right. created the CDC and gave them powers. Yeah. But remember, the federal government has no policing power. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. The federal government has no power to enforce and put somebody in jail because they don't wear a mask. That's, that's the state's. And the states can decide whether to do that or not. Okay. So this is going to go to the Supreme Court only because the Department of Justice is going to um, challenge it, challenge this ruling by the uh, judge. Right. And the question before the court will not be, 
are mask mandates a good thing or not? Okay. It'll be whether the CDC has, by legislative authority, the ability to issue a mask mandate for airplanes. And that's really it. Right. It's for airplanes. Right. And so if you ask me whether or not a mask mandate is a good thing on an airplane, and I don't really see where it makes a difference. There's no um, scientific study, even by Mr. Science himself, Dr. Fauci, <laughs> that shows that they're um, effective. But this is not the issue. The issue is the law. Right. And does the law give them the mandate power? And uh, my freshman year girlfriend, yeah. Elena Kagan, yeah. At Prince from Princeton. No, yeah. wait a minute. For about a couple of months, we were both on the uh, Daily Princetonian together. And she's really, you know, listen, she's on the opposite side of my politics, okay? Yeah. I used to be on her side. Her, uh, I think her grandparents were um, into socialism and communism, and that went down <laughs> the family tree. But I will tell you this she is a great person. Yeah. And I respect uh, the way she creates her opinions i think they're a little creative um but i tell you right now um i i can probably guess what her vote's gonna be yeah but um i hope the supreme court up up uh, holds this uh judge's opinion that uh there it's not constitutional vera in holly springs hi vera hi how are you what's going on you're on with dr um, uh, Dr. Weefall. <laughs> Dr. Weefall. He can't even remember my name anymore. I'm so sorry. What's going on, okay. Vera? I've been waiting to talk to you all week. My husband snores like crazy. And sure. I keep telling him that he needs to go have a sleep study. Sure. And he said he had what He's had two of them, but that was like 10 or 12 years ago. Uh-huh. And I hear him gasping when he's sleeping, but he says he's not going because they already told him he doesn't have it. Yeah. So is there a way that he could have it now if he didn't have it then? Uh, let me tell you the fun things about sleep studies and treatment for sleep apnea. The vast majority of people that refuse a sleep test in my office, you know why? Can you guess why? Why? I ain't going to wear that mask. Okay, so they associate a sleep study with positivity and that they have to put a mask over their face and they're not going to do it. And yeah. it's like, I think 30, they did a study, 30% of the vaccine uh, refuse NICs. Yeah. <laughs> I hate yeah. that term, but I, I just came I up like with it. I like it. That's good. The, are afraid of needles. Okay, so they can come up with a uh, long, discompobulated reason why they don't think the vaccines are any good, but the bottom line is they're afraid of needles. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you what you can tell your husband. What happened 10 years ago does not mean what's happening now. Okay, so the questions you ask your husband, and maybe you can answer them, do you wake up tired like you haven't slept at all? Do you have a headache in the morning? Mm -hmm. In the afternoon, do you feel like you just got to sleep? And at nighttime, when you're sitting down holding hands with your wife on the sofa, are you suddenly asleep? And those are the signs of obstructive sleep apnea. And that means when you try to breathe in through your nose, yeah. Your uh, airway, uh, all the fleshy stuff in the back of your throat and the tonsils and stuff, close. And so the air can't get in 
and you go from a deep sleep, which is what recharges you, to a moderate sleep so you can breathe. Now, here's the good news for your hubby. Number one, home sleep studies are very good. They are very accurate in telling you, do you have sleep apnea or not? I had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I snore like a freight train. In fact, my, my daughter had a bedroom above my bedroom in our in the big house. I don't yeah. mean the prison, but the big house we yeah. had. And it was insulated. And she had to move to a different room because I snored so yeah. loud. Yeah. So the home sleep study is pretty cool. It's a very tiny device. Uh, it goes, one, one part goes on your finger. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is a little patch that goes on your chest. And then there's a little thing that connects them. And you sleep in your own house, in your own bed. And it'll tell you whether your oxygen falls. It'll tell you whether your chest is heaving so hard because it can't get air into your airway. So it'll tell you, yes, you have sleep apnea. And in certain cases, it can tell you the other problem with sleep disturbance, which is your legs don't quit moving. I call it budging. You know, that's what the patients say. My, I got the budgies and, and, you know, you have leg cramps and stuff. Now, here's the other wonderful thing about sleep apnea that people don't want a mask, don't want to wear a mask. There are several alternatives. There is a device that you can wear in your mouth. And all it does is jut your bottom jaw out a little bit. And what does that do? That opens the airway, and it works for a lot of people. The other thing is, and this is horrible, I had this, uh, they take out the back of your throat, your tonsils and your adenoids and all this other stuff. That's a little dangly thing, the uvula. Well, the uvula that you're supposed to keep in place, they took mine out, and now I aspirate when I get secretions in in my mouth. But here's the cool thing. It's called Inspire, and we've talked about it on the show. It's a little implanted device that goes under your chest and then a couple of electrodes that are very, you can't even tell you have them in. And they go into your throat and into your muscles and it senses when you're trying to breathe and it gives a very soft electrical signal that it opens up the airway. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, my patients love it and it's doing very well. So tell your hubby, home sleep study and it doesn't mean you're going to need a mask. And Dr. Weefald said, sleep apnea kills. It takes years off your life. Your oxygen level falls. You get dementia. You can have a heart attack. And number one, you don't feel good enough to be the person you want to be. So if he has questions about it, tell him to give me a call, and I'll, I'll set him straight. Vera, thank you. Where do you get the home sleep study? You go to a primary care or an ENT, right? Uh, yeah, and throat person most will primary do care doctors know about this, oh. but getting a home sleep study is as easy now as writing an order. Okay, good. Good Vera, luck. thank you. I, I had a home sleep study two weeks ago. And? They mailed, well, I don't have the results. Oh, wait, they, wait, 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 wait. You had it two weeks ago and you don't have the results yet? No, not yet. Who's your physician? Call him up. I'm not even going there. Oh, come on. Anyway, the point is, they mail you the box, right? Mm-hmm. All the stuff is in there. Then you mail it back. That's all it is. And it's easy. Yeah. It's very easy. Thank you, Vera. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and help you plan for your treatment. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, I, I don't like the word 
misinformation now because... Well, because the, uh, doctors now, due to the authoritarianism which is put onto every single regulatory agency, yeah. can lose their license if the medical board, and the medical board only, thinks that what you have said is misinformation. So, for example, suppose two years ago, uh, when I said uh, I felt that the virus came from China, yeah, uh, Facebook, Twitter, sure. they all said it was misinformation. Right, right. Could they have taken away my license then? Only to now have to give it back? Right. And they probably wouldn't give it back. So the bottom line is we are entering a dangerous um, part of American history. Right where they can destroy your career right. because they label something misinformation, even if two years later or a year later, it turns out to be true. Right. Scary. We're kind of in favor of the free flow of information. Yes. And if something is wrong, we're going to go ahead and have Dr. Weefald explain why it is. Yes. D in Chapel Hill, thank you very much for hanging on. How you doing, D? Dave, uh, yeah, Dave, I'm fine, and yeah, you sound good. wonderful, Dave. It's Thank so you. The way you recovered. Um, Thank you. I have a question for the doctor. Sure. Approximately, uh, it was last week or the week before, someone called and about statins, making him wacko in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with him, sort of, but that's not my reason for calling. You gave him two new statins, and I need you to spell each one for me, and then tell me, doctor, are they... Or either one in the same class as Rubastatin, Crestor? Okay, you gave the names, not the yeah, pills, sure. but the names of right. two uh, new statins. Right. She oh. needs to hear them slower okay. and perhaps spelled. Um, okay, so I will say this. Um, they're really not new-new. Um, oh. They've been around for a while, but I will say this. Pativastatin or Livalow. And let me tell you, it's very expensive. Um, It's not covered by most Medicare Part D plans. I could not even get it approved by my top-of-the-line Blue Cross Blue Shield Hmm. until I shook the tree and told them I needed it. Um, It it is a very unique thing. It's a statin, so it is a chemical that inhibits, and I'm going to just tell you, HMG-CoA reductase. That's a enzyme that is the key to making cholesterol in the liver so you make your own cholesterol it's yeah. not what you eat right. maybe 10 percent made in the liver right exactly. and so what's great about pativastatin or the brand name is livolo is that it works it's very potent and it has almost no side effects now you're going to have a lot of people say i took pativastatin and my leg started aching well let me tell you when they did a randomized, double-blind trial of pativastatin, there was no difference between the placebo and pativastatin or livolo in muscle aches or any side effect. And it is so safe for the liver that it is basically thought to be the only safe one to take with liver disease. So I have a lady... Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's water-soluble. But that's, yeah, it's water-soluble. that one up, but is there another new one, Dr. Yeah, Pitt? there's is another there? new one that is not a statin. Um, it works in the liver at a different place in the way cholesterol is manufactured in the liver. And it is called Nexlitol, or there's something called Nexlizet. And it is this... 
um, uh, chemical uh, plus something called azetamibia or zetia, which has been around a long time. And I have found that the medicine works extremely well. It lowers cholesterol very well. Now, here's the problem that a lot of doctors will say. It's approved by the FDA to lower cholesterol, but it is not approved to prevent heart attack or stroke like all of the statins are. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, I've never seen a medicine that lowers cholesterol that doesn't lower the risk of heart attack. Um, And I haven't seen yet, I don't know if if you remember, I've talked about one of the major actions of a statin is that it lowers inflammation. And inflammation is that bugaboo of your immune system that's gone too far. And inflammation can uh, cause your plaques of cholesterol to get irritated and and gooey and clot. And so um, Nextletal or Nextlazette are very good medicines with almost, well, with extremely, extremely small side effects, nothing bad. And they lower your cholesterol tremendously, whether they will... Uh, prevent heart attack like all of the statins do uh, is yet to be seen. But um, if you can't take a statin, and there are people who really can't, right. uh, ask your doctor about Nexlazet or Nexlatol. And right. uh, they're D- good medicines. Dee's question included her comment that she wants to know what kind of class they're in. Dee, yeah. did you have a medicine that you're trying to compare these to? I'll, t- I'll tell you what, could the doctor spell next? next yeah, absolutely. Next? Any X, uh, <laughs> any L. X, L-I-T-O-L, uh, or next Lizette, which is any X, L-I-T-Z-E-T. Are we good? No, no. I, here's my reason. I'm on Luvastatin. Luvastatin. Rosuvastatin. My, pro- my problem is I'm lactose intolerant. And okay. all of the statins have lactose in them, even Prevastatin. I looked that up, but I haven't looked up next Lattel. What's your into- really What's your intolerance? Uh, lactose. Right, lactose. lactose intolerant. But are you very intolerant? Very much so. Very much so. And and it's they don't call it lactose. They call it a, it's a form of lactose. And okay. there's two forms, and both right. of them okay. bother me terribly. Hold on just a moment. And what I'm going to do is either hold you over until the um, commercial break ends and talk to you live on the air, or Dr. Weefault's going to pick okay. up and with you. There is a medicine that we'll talk to you about that is lactose-free. And right. that is true. There are people who are lactose intolerant. And this is out. Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at hearthealthradio.com. And Dee from Chapel Hill joins us again. Hey, Dee, Dee, how are you? Thank you both. Okay, I got I got an answer for you. So lactose intolerance and statins uh, is a known issue. It's pretty rare. So people who are lactose intolerant uh, can have an intolerance to statins in a very similar way. They think that there's an old-fashioned one, uh, statin, called Lescol, L-E-S-C-O-L. You can still get it, but there, it's been studied, and it appears to not 
uh, induce problems with people who are lactose intolerance. So you can ask your physician if you need a statin, whether uh, he or she would prescribe less call to you to see if that worked. How do you spell that, doctor? Yeah, sure. L-E-S is in Sam. C is in Charlie, O, L is in Larry. So less call, less cholesterol, right? That's why they ah, named it. Sure. Yes. Thank you so much. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, Thanks. it's but, pretty rare. Uh, the, which, I can tell you one problem with it. It yeah. is not potent. Now, what does potency mean? So, for example, Livolo, which we talked about, is extremely potent. One milligram is equivalent to about 40 milligrams of Pravastatin, and it's equivalent to 80 milligrams of less call. So don't worry about the fact that your doctor may prescribe a very big dose of less call. It's because you need a little bit more to get an effect. But it has been studied in people with lactose intolerance, and it appears to be okay. That's not a guarantee. But I want you to check with your physician and see if he or she agrees. Physician is your friend that you often brag about, and I'm going to see him next week. Thank okay, you. Okay, call us bye. back and let us know if you take it. Uh, let us know how you're doing with it. I will. Thank you both. All Thank right. you, Thank D. You. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Uh, I, I got to laugh because... What do you got to laugh for? Are you laughing at me again? No. The, somebody decided that the brand, not the brand name, sure, it's the brand name, of a statin would be Livolow. Yeah. Almost sounds like some sort of bowling alley or an ice cream place. Really? Know? From the 60s. Yeah, you got, like, have a scoop and now, you have see, they, dashes in between. They right. used to make names of drugs based on what they did. Yeah. So oh, live low means you're living low. Your cholesterol is low. <laughs> less call. Less, less cholesterol. cholesterol. Right? But then they came up with all these crazy names right, and do you right. know do you know that a drug company sometimes pays millions of dollars for a drug name oh yeah yeah there's some people out there who you know you call them up and say i need a name for my drug and they don't even ask what it does right you know and it used to be that certain letters z yeah 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 they wanted z names yep um weird if you if you sit home and watch talk shows during the day there are lots of medical commercials. There's one with a V in it. Don't know what the thing is. V is not the first name or first letter in the mm-hmm. name. But everybody in the commercial shows the peace sign the in front of the, yeah. the V. Avapro was a good Maybe one. Maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think we should have an antidepressant called Happy Time. Happy Time. <laughs> or, or Blues Away. <laughs> blues Away. I like it. I like it. B-L-U-Z-A-W-Y. Why blues away? I like it. Blues away. A lot of people know that uh, I am the non-medical part of the. Well, the you've team listen, here. three years. You've been through three quarters of med school. You yes. know, come on. Yes, uh, the pronunciation is the hardest part for me. For instance, that thing with the electrical part, top of the heart, atrial fibrillation. Fibrillation. Exactly. That's the one. That's It's like your relationship. It's your uncle that lies. Okay. Fibrillation. Fibrillation. Okay. <laughs> and then there's this vasovagal. Vaso. Syncope. Vagal. Syncope. And it it's related to the... Vagus nerve, You're right? The most beautifully named verb Vegas or nerve, nerve now, in the yeah. entire body. It runs through your chest, and it's the negative 
nerve. So if the positive nerves are the adrenaline, yeah. that's the sympathetic. Yeah. I don't know why they called it that. It's not very sympathetic to have your heart race. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. But anyway, so you have the positive and the negative. And the vasovagal is because your vagus nerve is secreting too much of its chemical and it lowers your blood pressure and it lowers your heart rate. And in certain individuals, when it's too much, you pass out. Hmm. And so a lot of people uh, who get severe diarrhea, and that is stretching uh, the colon. And it's a lot of times when you stretch an organ, yeah. the body says, slow down. Just, just, just slow down a little bit because you don't want to bust your organ. And you pass out. So that happened to me once. Um, but I've got patients who I swear, you know, they get uh, a little cut. Yeah. And they pass out. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a very serious problem. And it's difficult to treat. I treat it a lot because you know why? Hmm. No other doctor wants to. It's so frustrating. Hmm. But it has to do with tanking up your uh, intravascular volume, that is your blood volume, yeah. by drinking a lot of fluid and eating a lot of salt. And believe me, low blood pressure, salt is good. High blood pressure, salt is bad. So people see my patients, you know, taking salt tablets yeah. and taking the salt shaker and shaking it up. Uh, you have to drink a lot of water. And the other thing that helps is uh, compression stockings. Now that, why? Well, because when you stand up, the blood pools in your legs. And so if you can... Uh, compress those big veins so the blood doesn't pool down there. You'll have more blood volume up by your head and your heart, and that'll prevent you from passing out. Right. So vasovagal syncope is a big problem for a, a lot of people. And sometimes you get referred to a neurologist because you, quote, unquote, passed out. Right. Uh, sometimes you get referred to someone like me. Uh, and I'm telling you, I don't get frustrated because I understand the illness and know how hard it is to treat and you just keep plugging away you add the compression stockings and the salt we call yeah. it salt and water loading yeah and then you go on to other medicines there's something called mitodrine which constricts the arteries mm -hmm. uh, there's something called fludrocortisone which helps your body hang on to more salt so if you have this problem you're in, if you get painful stimuli if you get distension of your colon uh, or or if you if you get this in response to emotional stress, go see a doctor. It can be treated. And uh, find a doctor who's patient and willing to see you through this. It may take months to right. solve this problem. I have to say it because I cannot not say it. Yeah. I just want you to know that anything that happens in the vagus nerve stays in the neighbor. Vagus oh, okay. Nerve. The va okay. I get it. It's just, it just, I did, you know, I didn't even pick that up. You didn't? No. You've studied. Because I take this seriously. Okay. You are right. just such a, you I know, unserious person. I'm I kidding. Should. I love them. <laughs> this is Heart Health Radio. All right. Doctors are desperately yeah. trying to find a, a landing pad or did yeah. Yeah. find a landing pad. Yeah. How many doctors have gone from private practice to working for either a medical group or or a hospital, and by the way, those are almost the same yeah. entities. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? It's very. I'll, I'll talk about this in a second. Yeah. But it used to be at twenty three percent in the mid two thousand and ten. So two thousand sixteen, seventeen. Twenty three percent of physicians were employed by either a hospital or mm -hmm. a national 
corporation. And then, uh, and that, the reason, it used to be almost 0%. In 2010, Obamacare came along and cut cardiologists, for example, 40% in one night in terms of reimbursement. So a lot of them, cardiologists build out then because then the hospital organizations were able to give them uh, bonuses based on their productivity, which had some legal ramifications. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the pandemic wiped everybody out um, because patients stopped going to the doctor. Right. And, you know, I was lucky because I had such a big Medicare population that I got a bonus from Medicare to keep me going. And that was just wonderful. Right. Um, But a lot of people didn't. And so what they did was they called up their local hospital or and said, listen, you know, take over my practice. I, I am tired of all the paperwork. I mean, it's ridiculous now. If I want to get a CT scan of the head, on somebody who's got really serious problems, I have to dictate a note that says exactly what the insurance company wants you to say. And if you have one word missing, they reject it. It's just ridiculous. I have had over the last five years to hire two full-time employees just to do what we call prior authorizations. And, you know, if you if you belong or are owned by a hospital, they'll do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it can be, uh, something that makes you decide you no longer want to work for yourself. But here's the interesting thing. I never did that. And I, uh, refused to be bought out. And what I've done in the last 14 years is keep to myself. I have been a sole proprietor. I own my own practice. I have 12 employees. It's huge for one doctor. I do the work of probably two physicians. Um, I'm getting 10 new referrals, self-referrals or patient referrals from other doctors a week. Uh, And so I'm happy. Um, And there are now uh, physicians that work for hospitals in this area who are calling me up and say, how do you do it? How can I get back in private practice? Wow. Uh, Carrie Cardiology did that. Um, and they're doing extremely well. They didn't rely on me. I'm not saying that I, I had them do it, but they did. Right. And so um, it's sad in many ways because the physician used to be, you know, the, the sole proprietor, the, the man and woman um, behind the practice as an owner and someone vested in it. Um, I can't tell you the number of times. Uh, the physicians have called me, and they've lost their autonomy. Um, they're being told what to do. They're right. being told how to practice. Uh, someone's looking over their shoulder and saying, wait a minute, you didn't follow that guideline. Yeah, We're going to bring you into the committee and dress you down. I had one friend who was sent home no. by the nurse manager because he wasn't wearing a tie. And, you know, these are things that... Um, Physicians don't want to see. I don't wear ties in the office anymore. You want to know why? Because you wear scrubs. No, yeah. You You look ridiculous with scrubs and a tie. You know why you wear scrubs? Why? Because it's a issue of infection. Right. Ties, I swear to God. Sure. They took ties from physicians in their offices and they they, uh, did cultures of the material on the tie. Yeah. I mean, anthrax, tuberculosis. I mean, I'm joking in a certain sense, but there were some doctors who had tuberculosis on their tie. And also, your uh, sleeves and, and, you know, the white coats? Yeah. 
the white coats are very dangerous because, you know, you get your sleeves in the mess. Well, and the, and the other thing is, uh, I mean, you may, I don't know, own five white coats, but most... I have 14. 14, okay. But, you know, they're not all in the office hanging there ready to go. Yeah, they A are. lot of doctors wear them all day. Yeah, okay, so what I do... So I have 14 pairs of scrubs yes. and 14 coats. Yes. I get there and brand new. Yes. Cleaned at high temperature. Yes. And pressed heavy starch. Good for you. You can stand my pants up in the corner. I love that. <laughs> you know, I just love walking in to the, uh, to the exam room and I'm all starched up and happy as a clam see i'm an elementary school teacher and i need the same thing i need to be able to change my clothes after teaching little johnny how to say the letter p i'm just telling you it's just it's a problem all right we're gonna talk about delta airlines if you're busted on a delta flight for not wearing a mask are you off the hook now i'll tell you in a minute also are you over 50 if you are over 50 and you had COVID, watch out for this disease. Tell right, you yeah. what it is coming up in a moment. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me Get better, stay well, and help you plan for your own health. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, we're looking for slogans here. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Okay, if you were busted on the Delta flight for not wearing a mask, um, you're you're off the band list now. Really? Yeah, if you were... So, in other words, it's retroactive? No, you're off the list of people who get kicked off flights. You, you If you were habitually refusing... To take off your mask, uh-huh. Delta puts you on a no-fly list. Uh-huh. You're off the no-fly list. You're uh, good okay. now. I you can it. fly on Delta now if you care to. Lotto winner in New York won a million dollars. Yeah. And just before he bought the ticket, uh-huh. he he had a guy do him a, a solid. The, the guy was a guitar repairman. And the guitar repairman repaired his son's guitar. Uh-huh. And he said to the fella, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. He took the couple of $20 bills that he had to pay for the guitar repair. He says, no, don't worry about it. He says, I'm going to take this money. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. He won more than a million dollars. He split with the other fella. That's awesome. It, it is. I you know, they made a that. movie about something like that. It was called It Could Happen to You. And it's with, um, oh my gosh, who's that crazy Nicholas guy? Cage. Nicholas Cage. Every and time somebody uses the phrase, boy, we really got to worry about terrorism and bad actors, I always say, Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage. Oh. Yeah. I just don't consider him to be very talented. Anyway, if you split your lotto winnings with... Somebody who just did you a twenty dollar, forty dollar favor. That's a I great think it's, thing. Uh, it shows that there are people in the world who are wonderful and yep. warm hearted and not uh, selfish. So if I'm over fifty, which I am, and I had COVID, which I do or did, 
I got to watch out for shingles. Is what? that what it is? Sneedles? Shingles. Oh, my God. Did you really it Was that your it? pronunciation or my hearing? Or uh, both? Your hearing. Yeah. Shingles is a bad thing. And yeah. uh, they're not quite sure why, but it looks as though it's something about your immune system being altered. Right. And what people don't realize shingles is chicken pox. Okay. So right. you have chicken pox when you're younger and the virus never goes away. It yeah. hides yeah. in the nerve bundles along your spine all the way up to yeah. where the spine ends. Yeah. And so then, on, and I think it's under you know certain instances of stress to the immune system, like COVID or you know um, some other stressful event. I I had a shingles outbreak when I was at fourteen thousand feet, not wearing sunscreen, skiing, and the UV rays uh, yeah. did something to my immune system, and I had an outbreak. Yeah. So. The concept is your immune system is constantly keeping the herpes virus in check mm-hmm. where it hides out. Mm-hmm. And then if you have some stress to your immune system, it says, well, let me go take care of this problem. And you wind up having a shingles outbreak. Shingles is can be extremely bad. I had somebody who lost their eyesight because the nerve ending... Uh, where the shingles traveled down from the nerve bundle and near the spine was yeah. in their eyeball yeah. and the eye around it. Um, it can be painful for a long time. There's something yes. called post-herpetic neuralgia. I call yeah. it long-term shingles pain. And it can happen even when the, the shingles vesicles, uh, you know what they call it herpes? Greek herpes uh, word, com- grapes. So if you look at it, it looks like little vesicles and, and the powers that be that, that named these things thought yeah. it was like a bag of grapes. Anyway, uh, when those bag of grapes or the, the lesions are gone, the nerve is still damaged. And so, I mean, my gosh, I have people who have chronic pain from shingles, which is what I'm getting to is get your vaccine. It's about 95% effective at preventing shingles. And it's uh, it's very good, um, and I would recommend it strongly. And uh, you can go to your pharmacy, and you have to be over the age of fifty. And the local neighborhood pharmacist will right. ask you a series of questions. Oh, good. And it's a two pronged vaccine, um, and I think it's very good. Now and you I need to come back after a couple of weeks. Yeah, they scheduled you to get yeah. it done. And okay. so you don't want to have shingles. You just don't want to have it. It's terrible. And and if you're, a, as I am, of a certain age, you got to pay attention to pneumonia also. Yeah. Pneumonia shot is there available. There are two pneumonia shots. One you get, and then five years later you get another one, okay? And um, Prevnar and Pneumovax. And you get the Pneumovax, and then five years later you get the Prevnar. Believe it or not, there are like 25 different types of pneumococcus that can cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Yeah. Now, remember one thing. Uh, you can get pneumonia if you've had the pneumovax because it only protects you against pneumococcal pneumonia, which is the one that gets elderly individuals right. and used to kill people. You know, they used to say that, uh, this is a terrible saying, but pneumo- uh, pneumonia is the friend of the old man. 
And my dad died of pneumonia, and he was very old. He was in right. his 90s. Right. And it used to kill people before antibiotics. And uh, they would really say bad. the friend of the old man? Well, because, because if you're old and sick, you know, you went easy. Um, okay. you, would, you would go easy. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't say that anymore, but still some people do. This, uh, I, I got to say it. Um, so herpes is na- because of the grapevine? Well, if you have you ever seen a bad shingle? Have you ever looked at it? No. Have you ever no, seen no. somebody with a, a really bad sure. cold sore? Yeah, yeah. The cold sores on your lips are also herpes, uh, in a sense. And it looks like grapes. Yeah, well, kind of. Kind of, okay. sort of. All right. I mean, little, you know, round vesicles that are full of fluid. And that's what they say. I assumed that it was like the worst Greek god ever. Oh, There's yeah. Zeus, Apollo, and herpes. Hermes, and herpes. Yeah. And there's that herpes with a one eyebrow up saying, eh, you know, this is me. Hi. How are you? All right. So the Washington Post has been consistently wrong on COVID. There's a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. You got to read about the, it's a Wall Street Journal talking about the Washington Post. And the Washington Post was wrong every step of the way on COVID. Yeah. Now, I was too, but I didn't go to that school. Well, I mean, let me tell you something I'm willing to forgive uh, mm-hmm. because I was terribly wrong. I mean, one of these days we're going to play uh, 2020 yeah. in February and March. I didn't think COVID was going to be a problem in this country. Um, I was wrong. I thought there'd be 10,000 serious cases. Boy, was I wrong. Mm. Um, I thought that like other uh, endemic and pandemic viruses, that it would mutate over the summer and disappear. Boy, was I wrong. I think one of the biggest differences between those of us who were wrong and others who were wrong is that we admitted we were wrong. Right. And we admitted that we made uh, predictions we should not have uh, because of ignorance um, of, of what this horrible virus could do. Right. And so, you know, the thing I hate about um, a lot of these newspapers and a lot of uh, the government officials um, is that they don't realize that we remember what they said. Yeah. And that one of the ways, in fact, the major way you become trustworthy is not to be right all the time. Right. Because you can't be. It's to admit when you were wrong. And I'd let you explain why you were wrong. But you have to admit you were wrong and why you were wrong if you know. And I don't see uh, Fauci or any of the American government officials who were very wrong, especially the president of the United States. I mean, remember during the campaign, he said Trump was responsible for every single death. And at that time, we had 240,000. And so he said that Trump was responsible for every single death. I hate to say it, Joe. Right, right. More people have died in your administration by far than under the Trump administration. But you know he still blames Trump uh, because uh, well, if Trump had controlled it, they wouldn't have died under my administration. And, you know, think about it, people. Um, Trump had no control over France, England. Right. Uh, and the other countries around the world. Is he responsible for their deaths, too? I don't think so. Let's stop doing this. Let's just, you know, cool off. 
We've got another hour of Heart Health Radio coming up. The following is a paid program and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. You are on with Dr. Franklin Weefall. Telephone number right now is 919-860-9783. I've got all your, your stories here, doctor. Lord, you stole it out from sure, under me. Sure signs you have coronary artery disease. Yeah, when you see a paper like this, uh, it's. I think it, it. the reason why I picked this out is because uh, I'm not so sure it's a good thing. Uh, maybe it's a good thing. Because people begin to think that you have to have chest pressure, mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have discomfort going down your left arm. You have to have shortness of breath. Right. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, um, the symptoms of having a heart problem can be very vague. Um, I would say in some of my elderly female patients, uh, fatigue right. is the biggest thing. And, you know, there are studies that show weeks before a heart attack, you start to feel symptoms like a vague sense of discomfort, uh, shortness of breath, maybe even not that bad, and and fatigue. So I think the thing to remember when you read an article like this and they talk about the common symptoms of heart disease is that common does not necessarily mean you have to have them. So I've had people come to see me reluctantly because they said, well, I read this article. I don't have menstrual chest discomfort. I don't have diaphoresis, which is sweatiness. I don't have, you know, these things. I'm just tired. And and a lot of times they'll say, well, I I figured I'm just getting old. And then when we finally diagnose uh, him or her and get him or her fixed up, they come back with a big smile on their face and say, I didn't know that at my age I was supposed to feel this good. So uh, the symptoms and signs of heart disease can be very subtle. And so who should be aware? I think everybody should be aware. Um, But what are the, you know, the the seven words you never say on TV, the five types of risk factors you should be aware of, and number one is family history. Right. And what is family history? Mother, father, sister, brother. And those people having heart disease puts you at very high risk. A grandfather, grandmother, maybe, you know, a little bit higher risk. Smoking. If you smoke, you are at risk. Uh, High cholesterol. Um, Although there are a lot of people with very high cholesterol who don't have heart disease. And you, you should not think that if your cholesterol falls within the quote unquote, I'm doing the air quotation here, Yeah. normal level that you can't have heart disease, okay? Everybody's different. And in fact, one of the most amazing things is that, do you know what the most common cholesterol level is in people who are having a heart attack? I have no idea. Normal. Really? Yeah. And so people, 
who are coming back from a heart attack, and I put them on 80 milligrams of a Torvastat. And they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. My family doctor told me my cholesterol level was normal. And so whatever <laughs> it was was not normal for you. Right. And getting it way down low and getting your um, cholesterol down even lower than you thought imaginable was, was is a good thing. And then diabetes, type yeah. 1 or type 2, yeah. and high blood pressure. And I want to add sleep apnea on there. Yeah. I want to add sedentary lifestyle. I want to add uh, obesity. All these things. Uh, you need to be more alert. Stop looking at me. Say, Just yeah. stop looking at me. Well, I, you're very handsome. You know what, I mean, what I'm? Can I say? Here's the funny thing. I am like the sinner in the front pew at church mm. who gets at the whole thing. He just takes the preacher aside and says. You know, you didn't have to talk about me like that. You talk, you're talking to me? You're talking you're about talking to me? me in front of the whole church. Yeah. Sylvia in Johnston County. Hi, Sylvia. Hi. How Hi. are you? I am excellent today. Good, good, good. And good. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. I had the shingles um, vaccination. This July will be four years. Okay. And now they're coming up with another one and talking about you should have two right very uh, good point should i should i consider that yeah so you have the um the old one right the old vi- the vaccine old what came out of and i can't remember when it's been around for a few years is the new one called shingrix sh but what, R- what bothered me is when i was told there was a new shingle shot and right. it was free but I paid money for my first shot. You did what? I paid for it. She paid money. Oh have, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I You're don't gonna have pay. A subscription plan. You're gonna no, pay. No, she heard that Shingrix is free. No, Shingrix is definitely paid by your insurance company. Okay. Because they, listen, they don't want to. They don't want to pay for you when you get shingles. Yeah. So the the new one is called Shingrix, and it is a double vaccine. The difference is the other one. Um, protected you about 65 to 70%. This one protects you 95 to 99%. And so they are recommending that if you had the old vaccine, go ahead and get Shingrix. Um, I've had it, um, and I think it's a wonderful vaccine. Of course, I get any vaccine available. You do? Yeah, you got a vaccine, just jab me. Yeah, <laughs> I believe in vaccines. Okay. Uh, do I believe that there are some people who are going to have Bad side effects from them, sure. Yeah, um, you're going to have a bad side effect from shingles. I mean, it can get infected. Yeah. It can get in your eyeball. Uh, it can. There's even something now called internal shingles. Yeah, where there are nerves on the inside of your oh. chest wall or your abdomen, for example, and you don't see the vesicles, uh, yeah. and and it can cause long term pain. So yes, I do recommend. Now ask your physician before you go get it. And make sure he or she agrees. Uh, but if you were my patient and you had no reason not to, uh, I would recommend it. Does that help, Sylvia? <laughs> I'll take it. You'll Thank take you. it. Well, listen, <laughs> I, okay. I do not get a lot of people when I prescribe a medicine or yeah. a vaccine yeah. and they get the sticker shock, right? Because the out of pocket costs were very high. And I can, I can never find out. There's no 
website where I could just pull up and see what this person's going to have to pay. Right. Well, they all think I get a kickback. Okay. What is a kickback? Uh, you know, where if I prescribe uh, very expensive medicine, I'll get 10% deposited in my bank account. That does not happen. Okay. I prescribe a medicine. That's it. Yeah. I get nothing out of it. Right. Um, and so I've had people uh, come to my office and say, wow, you know, you said XYZ was a good medicine. How much they pay you to say that? They don't. We are uh, sponsor free here. Uh, yeah. Everything that I tell you that I think is a good medicine, I don't get a cent for saying it. Okay. So I just want you to know that. Um, I wish I did. <laughs> no, no, medical board. I didn't say no, that. No, no. I didn't no. say that. You don't really want it, but you know. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. All right. I want that new car. Sylvia. Their medicines anyway. Sylvia, my understanding I is. I all the way up to the north to get that shot. You had to go where? I went to Pennsylvania to get the shot because I did not trust it down here. Huh. Huh. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Remember two years ago when they stated, maybe it's three now, when they stated that they had sent the flu vaccine uh, here that was really meant to be for the north or for mm. some other area. Huh. Remember that? Yeah. Well, let me, let me say this about um, the pharmacies that I know. Yeah. They're awesome. Okay. So even the, I know a lot of mom and pops, uh, I'm going to give a big shout out to Mitch who owns Real Love Pharmacy in Smithfield. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my friends at Harris Teeter. I've been to several of those pharmacies. They are very careful mm-hmm. and extremely helpful. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield. Um, and again, uh, it, it's, it's a matter of the pharmacies. Um, I will say this. Uh, there's one pharmacy I'm not going to mention because I don't want to be sued. But it was so bad there. Mm. And the pharmacist recognized how bad it was that at 2 in the morning, this is a 24-hour pharmacy, he just walked out said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so there are good pharmacies and there are great pharmacies. And the ones I just mentioned are fantastic pharmacies. Now, there are others in Raleigh that I, I don't know them because I practice in, in Johnston County. Um, but, you know, the key thing is uh, be careful. Pick your pharmacy. And if you have a trustworthy pharmacy, you shouldn't worry about getting the wrong vaccine. Thank you, Sylvia. We're going to talk about generics in just a moment. Oh, sure. Because, and the reason we're going to talk about it is because we had an incident at a pharmacy, which was a little bit of a, it wasn't sticker shock, it was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Marie in Sanford, welcome to the program. How you doing, Marie? Good, I can't complain. Good. Great. What's going on? Well, you on? can on this show. We're, we're all about answering <laughs> your complaints. <laughs> well, I was wondering why some of us doctor's office don't take Medicaid. I've run into that with three different ones close to Raleigh. Medicaid or Medicare? Medicaid. And then I've heard that some don't even take Medicaid. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me tell you the mistake that happened. Uh, they switched Medicaid to, uh, five different, maybe six insurance companies Mm -hmm. that took over. And what happens is they get the money and then they, take the patients and say, I will pay the doctor, but I will only pay the doctor when I want to pay the doctor. Does that make sense? So 
I have a bunch of Medicaid patients, and I love them. There is uh, Blue Cross has a Medicaid plan now. United Healthcare has a Medicaid plan, and they're all different. Yeah. And so, what happened to me when they switched over is I didn't get paid for three months because every single company had a different way of submitting a claim. One had to have it X Y Z in in line thirty two, the other one had to have a PDQ in line forty six, and it was just a nightmare. So a lot of people said, "I ain't doing this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I ain't taking care of this." Now, for some specialties and subspecialties, Medicaid doesn't pay what physicians want. So in Raleigh, for example, Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial will pay some people one hundred ninety percent. Of what Medicare pays. Mm. So I am 80% Medicare or Medicaid. That's Johnson County. I have chosen Johnson County because I think they're sick. People are sick and they need me. I only have 20% commercial insurance and it pays me 140%. Right. I guess I could negotiate for a new contract, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So a lot of physicians now have said, I ain't taking this Medicaid. They don't pay me well enough and it's harder to get paid. Now, the, the sad thing is that some physicians aren't taking Medicare either because they can fill their practice with commercial insurance patients. Right. Getting 180 to, you know, the anesthesiologists in, in Raleigh get 300% of Medicare. Uh, that means if Medicare pays $100 for an office visit, um, some people are getting 200 mm. And so it's become a real problem. I will not do that. Now, I'm not, you know, a saint. Um, I just practice medicine, and I I get paid well enough. Um, For example, if I see somebody in the office uh, for a level four visit, that's about 20, 25 minutes. That's the minimum I'll spend with a patient. uh, I get about 100 and, I don't know, 15 bucks. And it's not, you know, that's not bad. If I didn't do procedures like ultrasounds and stress tests, I couldn't afford to be in practice. And that's the problem. Some physicians don't have these ancillary um, procedures that, that basically pay the bills. Right. Medicaid will pay me about 110 and Blue Cross Blue Shield maybe 140, 150. Now, if you go to another physician that does what I do, for example, in Raleigh, Sometimes they get 250 bucks for what I do, making 110 bucks. Now, that's okay for me. Um, and if somebody says I want the 250 and not the 110, that's their prerogative nowadays. And you know, for a while there, some one of the major medical centers got kicked out of Medicaid. Not kicked out of. I'm sorry, wouldn't take Medicaid because right. their negotiated price was too low for them. Right. Now they realized that that wasn't the way to go. You know, they had to do something. And so they went back on Medicaid. Um, geez, it's terrible uh, to, to have that situation. Um, and I, I don't know what to do. Uh, one of the things you could do is call Medicaid. Uh, there's numbers um, to call on the back of your card and get a referral. They can tell you who takes your insurance, your type of Medicaid, and get you a doctor. Um, I had four people this week. This is a very obscure uh, insurance plan, and they referred them all to me. So right. that was great. Yeah. Marie, does that make sense? I suspected that the answer was money, and apparently yeah, that's I, what it was. Yeah, oh, it's definitely money. 
Yeah. They got a right to do what they need. Yeah, right. but also there has to be a sense of duty, uh, even if you know we have to pay the bills. The sense of duty that we have is that people need us. Yeah. And I just take all comers. Marie, thank you very much. You're listening to Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. There is an Ohio doctor who has been found not guilty. And I've got a question because he was involved in 14 fatalities. Yeah. It's hard to imagine 14 fatalities with the same cause for the doctor to be found not guilty. What happened? Okay. In the intensive care unit, there is a great deal of emotional and physical stress over terminally ill patients. Right. Okay. What do you do? And I'm going to tell you this right now. You try to make these patients as comfortable as possible. Right. And so this physician um, did what he felt was right and gave the patients um, a very large doses of a medicine that we all know and hate, fentanyl. Yeah. In the right hands, fentanyl is a fantastic uh, medication. And so the, the question is the ethics of it and what do you do? And so the medical staff that worked with this physician um, very much was against what he did. Mm. And um, he lost his medical license and was charged with murder. He faced life in prison with no chance for parole. If, and he was charged with 30, I mean, sorry, 14, <coughs> excuse me, uh, murders. And he was acquitted. Wow. And I think the jury felt that he was doing uh, what he felt was right in a patient who was terminally ill. Yeah. So he he was brought up on charges. I mean, he faced murder charges. Murder 14 charges. 14 counts of murder. And he wrote the prescriptions for fentanyl. They were described as high doses of fentanyl. Oh, huge doses. But, but, but here you're talking about somebody who is ill, very ill. In intensive care, right? Were the doses of fentanyl designed? Uh, they were designed to, to hasten the onset of comfort and death. And have I done that? No, uh, I actually refuse to do that. Good in for you. Many cases. Yeah. Um, I had a situation where the daughter hated her dad because of the way the dad took uh. care of uh, his wife her mom, and basically, you know, I had to just resign from the case. Right. I, I resigned from that case. So, um, I'm, I, how do I put this? Uh, there have been murders, I mean, you know, of patients by serial killer nurses and physicians. Right. And that's one thing, that was intent to murder. Right. Um, I mean, you know, this was a good physician who felt he was doing the right thing and had, in many cases, uh, support of the family right. of the okay. terminally ill patient. So, 
I, I'm really concerned. And I, you know. I don't know all the details, but I do know the jury listened to the case uh, presentations of both the prosecution and the defense. And it only took him a few hours. Wow. And found him not guilty. Wow. Bob in West Raleigh, welcome to the show. How you doing, Bob? Hey, what's up? How quickly they forget. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask you how you doing. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dave. (laughs) What's up? Happy to be here. Good. Question for the doctor. Yeah. I'd like your opinion on macrocytosis. Macrocytosis. Vis-a-vis chronic fatigue. What was that last statement? Chronic fatigue. Yeah. So he's talking about macrocytosis or mastocytosis? Macro. M- I'm sorry. Say it again, Bob. Macro. M-A-C-R-O. Corpuscles. Yeah. M-A-C-R-O. Right. Okay, so macrocytosis, what is that? That is when your red blood cells are too big. Hmm. Okay? And the, the thing about macrocytosis is that it comes from different uh, causes, okay? So it's called also macrocytic anemia. Number one cause, B12 deficiency. Mm-hmm. Folic acid deficiency. Um, uh, those are the two biggest ones. But if you have liver disease, if you have alcoholism, certain medications can do it. But you can have loss of appetite, you can have brittle nails, a fast heartbeat because your blood count is low. You can have chronic diarrhea, chronic fatigue, uh, pallor, which is pale skin, shortness of breath. You can be confused. I mean, there's a lot of symptoms. And fatigue is one of the big ones. So if you have macrocytosis and macrocytic anemia, that needs to be fixed. I mean, in other words, there are causes for it. And the cause needs to be found. Uh, what's your B12 level? What's your thyroid level? Uh, are there medicines that you're taking that are interfering with the proper development of your blood cells? And, you, you know, it's just, uh, can, you need to stop drinking. Do you have liver disease? Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if the doctor tells you you have macrocytosis uh, and he or she is not doing anything about it, get the to a hematologist and that's the doctor he's a specialist in this and this is heart health radio telephone number 919-860-9783 919-860-9783 always call between noon and two on a saturday welcome to heart health with board certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist dr franklin weefall Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or just go to hearthealthradio.com. If the 21st century is concerns you, but you can go to a website, just go to hearthealthradio.com. And it is so easy to click through when you get to listen to the entire show. By the way, the show is slightly longer on the website. I, you know, I, I guess the way to explain it is we take all of the two hours and compress it down slightly. So it's about an hour and a half, but it's all show. No news breaks because 
Why would we stop for breaks on the on the podcast? You can eat this common snack and slash your risk of deadly heart attack, according to the UK Sun. They say nuts. Nuts is the perfect food now. It's the right. You can you save your life. You just eat enough nuts. Well, if you eat enough nuts, uh, you, you are going to be good, uh, unless you have an allergy to nuts, and I yeah. think that's the thing. But um, is it a panacea? I mean, can you quit your statin and take nuts? No. Yeah. And so, you know, remember also that a lot of these articles are paid for by nut manufacturers. <laughs> and I don't mean manufacturers who are nuts, uh, but people who, <laughs> who you know, make nuts. Uh, I love them. Almonds. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. peanuts. The biggest problem, though, that they don't mention is that most of them are heavily salted. Right. So if you have high blood pressure and you eat a bunch of salted peanuts... Uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. And so take all these things with, oh, I hate to say it, a grain of salt. A grain of salt. <laughs> Just don't believe everything you hear. But it is true that right. uh, nuts are good for you, but they will not take the place of your statin. Okay, so my theory, and I've never done this, but here's the here's the plan. You take a, a can of salted nuts. You take a can of unsalted nuts. And you mix them together, and then you put them back uh, into the cans. I guess you could do that. So but you you're still eat having too half much. the salt. It's too much. Yeah, even half is too much. Yeah. All right, Larry in North Raleigh. Welcome to Heart Health Radio. Hey, how are y'all doing today? Great. What's up? Um, well, I wanted to know if the doctor has done any research or study on the. And I understand doctor is a cardiologist. Uh, but on the new drug advertising called Buity, which apparently may uh, correct uh, nearsightedness or farsightedness, I cannot re- reading up close. Yeah, yeah, it, it actually does. Um, and remember, one thing that I that I want everybody to know is that I'm also a specialist in internal medicine, so that has everything to do with everything. Um, you go to three years of internal medicine residency before you go to cardiology. Most cardiologists want to forget that. Yeah. You know, it was a painful lesson because they had <laughs> to learn stuff about the lung. Who cares about the lung? But, you know, every organ impacts upon the heart, and the heart impacts upon every organ. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, this stuff works. It's a, it, the drops you're talking about, right? Right. Perfect. Yeah, they do work. Uh, it, it, changes the shape of your cornea it is uh pretty darn safe yeah. uh the only thing is that some people get uh irritation like you know you put anything in your eyeball uh you, it, it, it's an individual thing you can get irritated but i've had some patients who've had great success with it and uh talk to your doctor it may be right for you perfect that's what i'll do and by the way on a, a parting note yeah I've been listening to PTF for about 30 years. Good for you. Talk shows. I heard yours in the waning first day. Didn't give you much of a chance. And not only are you still around, I'm booked on the show. Yay. He's hooked. And by the way, I, I didn't, uh, I'm not getting a check for saying that. Yeah, good. Thank you. Well, I, you know <laughs> what? Uh, we'll send you a dollar. All right. No. <laughs> no. Okay. You know why? Because the dollar, you might as well just throw sure. it away. A dollar ain't worth a dollar anymore. Larry, take <laughs> take care of yourself. Thanks. 
Yeah, the, the dollar. If you give a dollar to the gas station, they will let you jump on the on the hose. Yeah. Oh uh, gosh, a dollar <laughs> of gas. Let's see. That's that's one fifth of a gallon, and you get twenty miles to the gallon. Yeah. Say thirty miles. Let's give you thirty miles to the gallon. So you're gonna go six miles. Yeah. That's Every time idea. you travel six miles, oh my. you are spending a dollar in gasoline. It's no fun. Guess how much I spend. Ah, uh, you have zero. You have an electric. I have car. my electric car, I understand. and uh, I get free charging. I haven't paid. Well, not, not, I'm going to lie. I have a an, a spare car. It is a Ford Flex, which is a fantastic vehicle. It's right. nine years old, has 140 thousand miles on it, and I filled the tank six months ago. Yes, and I drive it on the weekends because you got to keep the car driven. Sure, if you yeah. have a spare car. You know, uh, keeping your car great, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, car health, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, hold on a second. Yes. Um, you get drive that car once a week. Now, yeah. my favorite call-in radio show yeah. was that car show on NPR. What was they, it called? They were, well, they were the car guys. Oh, my they God. They were Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. One has passed away. They would always, you would catch them. Talking about each other, don't drive like my brother. Yeah, and then the other guy. But you know, it, yeah. it was. I would say this: the yeah. best radio show. Sure. Uh, that besides Heart Health Radio. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are the click and clack of uh, of the medical field. Really. Yeah. You know what click and clack sounds like when What's you're putting that? the staples in. Click, oh my click, gosh. Click, click. Yeah, I used. To, I in fact, let me tell you about. Let's talk about um, wounds. This is very interesting. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay, so I had a friend who was probably the best heart surgeon I knew. Yeah. I mean, inside, you know, I would go in there, watch, and it was like a symphony. Yes. You know, the fingers were just moving rapidly, and the yes. nurse was squirting at the right time, and oh, nothing God. was being said. It was just done. Yes. And you'd look at that thing. It looked like a 56 Buick on the inside with all the tubes running around in the bypasses. And he left it up to his assistant. You know, to close the wound. Yeah. You know, he'd wire the sternum shut. Yeah. And then walk out, you know, flicking those gloves, you know, and happy, saved another life. Right. And the guy would put staples in. Oh, my. And he'd come back with this horrible wound. And the guy <laughs> would say, I never want to see that surgeon again. Look at yes. my chest. Yes. And so there was, uh, he changed and wound up putting in this really fancy suture and his wounds look fantastic. Yeah. But if you get staples, that's okay. Um, they have to come out early. Uh, and then you steri-strip them. I use staples on my pacemaker wounds. Yes. And I had the best-looking wounds of anybody. I'd bring them in in four days, take the staples out, put steri-strips on. Yes. And in fact, when I have sent people to Dr. Trebko to replace their generators that worn out, I've gotten the uh, feedback. The nurses say, w where's the scar? That you put this in yeah. with. What'd you do? Just beam it aboard, Scotty? So wound care is interesting. And uh, don't think that the external wound means the quality of what happened inside. Yeah. I can I can yeah. guarantee you yeah. that after my heart or with my heart surgery, it was the student or the the intern or the trainee who did the initial incision. Oh, really? It's not crooked. I mean, it is crooked. It's crooked. It's crooked. Wow. 
It's not crooked, you know, like it's not a parallel line and crooked. It's just not a straight line. Ah. Like this is well, not. Maybe he had a tremor. No, no. It was just, I understand the students got to work on you I sometime. Guess. Sometime. Jerry and Winston, let's try it again. Jerry and Winston Salem, <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I hope you're doing well. Good. We're not on speakerphone, are we? Uh, I oh can my. fix that. Oh, thank you, that, Jerry. Yeah. Cool. Is this better? Yeah, yeah. it sounds Great. a little bit better. Speak right up. Tell us what's going on in your life. Okay, I heard your comments earlier about sleep apnea. Yeah. Uh, I realize you're a heart doctor, but I went a couple of years ago, October 2019, had a sleep study at UNC Chapel Hill, and they right. determined I did not have enough sleep incidents to qualify for Inspire, and I wonder if that has changed to any over the years. It, it has. Did you go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor, or was it a sleep yeah. lab? Well, sleep sleep study. Okay, yeah, a sleep lab. Let me, let me tell you what they do, which is really cool. The ear, nose, and throat doctors that put in Inspire, they do a video sleep study. Hmm. And what they do is they actually put this little teeny weeny thin uh, scope that has a camera on the end. And while you're sleeping, they look at how your uh, muscles and tissues in the back of your throat move when you try to breathe in that deep, deep, deep sleep that recharges you. So I've had a couple of patients who their sleep studies were positive, you know, but they didn't sleep enough. Mm. And, you know, it has to be a certain amount of time. And then I sent them to uh, some really uh, good ear, nose, and throat physicians, and they qualified. So um, if you've had a positive sleep test, they're going to repeat it, the ear, nose, and throat doctors, to see if they can modify the movement of your muscles uh, to uh, improve you with the Inspire. I, I, I'm going to say this. Um, Inspire is a great device. Mm -hmm. If I had sleep apnea, that's what I would try to get. Now, not everybody qualifies um, because their muscle movements aren't uh, of a certain type that are going to benefit from the Inspire. Yeah. But if it can't hurt to get the consultation, right? Because what's the worst they can say is no. Right. Right. And that's, you know, just what might happen. But I haven't had anybody turned down yet. Fingers crossed. Really? Yeah. Jerry, how bad is it for you? They said I had enough instance where I had 13, in a, 13 an hour, and they said you needed to have 15 or more. Huh. Oh, my. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, that's why you might get a consultation with uh, ENT, and it might be your insurance company. Uh, says they won't pay for a consultation. I don't know that. Um, but 13 an hour is a lot to me, quite frankly. Right. Frankly, is, Frank. Yeah. Is there anyone in Win the Winston-Salem area that you can recommend? In where? Winston-Salem. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Well, he's going to uh, look him up. Yeah, I got my computer on. Uh, Inspire Physician. And Dr. Christopher Andrew Vassi, V-A-S-E-I. But you don't know this doctor. No. And Dr. Kevin Burns, B-U-R-N-S. Those are the two that show up on the Google search. 
And um, I tell you, there's a bunch. So do you have the computer? Google Winston-Salem Inspire Physicians. And then you can can look around. There's even a top 10, uh, but I don't know if I trust that. It's called Zodiac. It's worth him coming into, you know, into Raleigh for that procedure, right? Uh, Yeah, there's there's, uh, a couple of really good... um, physicians in Raleigh who put it in and uh, the one that I have used um, the most is at Duke Raleigh and he's really really good I hate to say it I'm blanking that's right it happens I have a thing people it's terrible I can't remember names right and it's not that I don't care about them that's what they immediately assume Mm -hmm. when you can't remember their name I can tell you everything about every interaction and phone call Right. I've had, but I can't remember his name right now. Sorry about that, Jerry. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Inspire. Is that a major or minor surgery? Is it just Well, a- it's, I think it's a – I would count like a pacemaker. Okay. Um, it is uh, – oh, here it is. Matthew Ellison. Matthew Ellison. Are you still listening? Matthew Ellison, E-L-L-I-S-O-N. Right. At uh, Duke Raleigh. Okay. Uh, because I'm considering, well, my ear, nose, and throat person, I don't know how we got hooked up. With, oh, I know, because I had that two-day bloody nose. I had oh, C yeah, yeah, ENT. Yeah. And then they said, well, how about you and uh, sleep apnea? Yeah. And my wife says, oh, yeah, he's got he's got a 10-year-old uh, CPAP. Yeah. And it's the big mask. It's the head you know, yeah, gear and yeah. the nose thing. And she says, can he get a new one or something that's less obtrusive? And we haven't figured out what I'm going well, to do. I mean, I would tell you, the Inspire device is not a major surgery. It yeah. is done percutaneously. What does that mean? It means that there is an incision to put the device in. It's usually below the right collarbone. Right. It's not very big. Right. And then they tunnel in. Uh, oh, my. On, yeah. You're asleep, dude. Okay. And and it makes they put it in the right place to stimulate the uh, appropriate muscles. Right. And so no, it's everybody I've had who's had it done had no complaints about the procedure at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is Heart Health Radio. We've got some open lines nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three in the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefall. There's something that you sent me. It said, if you see this on your supplement label, stop taking it now, according to the FDA. Yeah. Do you remember what the item uh, was? Because I take supplements. I take... Uh, yeah, what do you take? Let's talk about I what take you turmeric. Take. Yeah. And I tell milk, milk thistle. M- m- milk and something goes along with the turmeric. I think it's ginger. Ginger, yeah. I, I tried to ask for Marianne, but they said ginger. Yeah, those are really so, good. Um, are they? The, yeah, because they all have been proven to reduce the eye work. Inflammation. Inflammation. And that's, I tell you, you, you pick up yeah. any 
uh, medical journal or anything like that, and they'll right. tell you, this is linked to inflammation, Alzheimer's, uh, cardiac disease, cancer. Right. And uh, the reason why I take it, too, is not because somebody told me so, but because it's been studied. Right. You know, in the way that I'd like things to be studied, randomized. They gave, you know, half the people in the thousand patients studied the, the combination of the, what we just talked about. Right. And half the other people, you know, placebo. And the people who had the actual supplements as opposed to the placebo had lower uh, numbers of pain complaints. Right. And if you measure the inflammation markers in the blood, they were much lower. And I, I'm a typical example. My C-reactive protein, which is a measure of inflammation in the body, was like nine. And you want it to be less than five. So I got on my triple whammy of turmeric. Is it yeah. turmeric or turmeric? I, I don't, don't know. know. Potato, tomato. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tomato, tomato, not potato, potato. Anyway, um, and the ginger. Yes. And uh, Milk thistle. Milk thistle. And right. less than one. They can't even measure it. And you're not taking anything else that's Well, I'm taking anti- a statin, but I was on my statin, statin beforehand. Okay. All right. So it could be the synergistic effect. You've heard that, right? Sure. Is that one thing uh, does a certain action, the other thing does a certain action, but together they do even more than what you'd expect as the additive effect. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm inflammatory free. Now, that's not a, I mean, I have enough inflammation to fight off uh, the Dave virus. Yes, yes. It's a terrible virus. Not enough for the Brock virus. Yeah. Yeah. Brock Emmons of of making your home great and, of course, from Triangle Radiant Barrier is in the studio early. I've never seen anybody show up early to a show here. Uh, Well, this is Pretty close to my house, so (laughs) the traffic was lighter. He had to hear it himself. No, it was a gripping show. I had to race up here immediately. What are we doing today? It's uh, uh, Rhonda Benby Plummer and myself from Help Me Rhonda. Help Me Rhonda. Help Me Rhonda Interiors is going to chase away the dull aspect of your house. We're going to talk a little bit with Rhonda about paint colors because there I think they wait wait they influence health. Okay. They Seriously, do? yeah. Uh, in fact, the hospitals um, used to um, paint in very, very bright colors. Yes. And if you notice now, uh, they're using softer pastels. And the reason is they went a- ahead and did studies. Yeah. And apparently these really bright colors were influencing the sympathetic nervous system uh-huh. and causing higher blood pressures and other things uh and so levels of stress and right. so now these other they've actually studied which is a better color right uh to help people be calm and they they're doing that now and i imagine uh if it's in the hospital it can be in the house as well now i'm a blue kind of guy you are huh i've got yeah. these manly dark blues and then my daughter's bathroom is pink yeah my bathroom is a soft brown. Mm. Oh, now I and you know how I found this? Uh-huh. I got on. I got online and I said manly colors for manly apartments. Mike <laughs> and they came and, up with brown, huh? Well, it it sounds bad, <laughs> but I'm I'm telling you, it looks really good. You know, if you're gonna have brown in the bathroom, 
better it be a soft brown than a. It's a soft I concur. Brown. Yes, you know. It, I, okay, it's like um, a <laughs> coffee that's got a lot of cream in it. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not. Really? What you associate with the bathroom really? color brown. No, it's a different color. Like a mocha. 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 Uh, yeah. A mocha. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Soft brown. Okay. You just, you're fine. The more you say soft brown, the less I'm going to understand it. Well, but I, you know, in the bathroom, one it. thing you don't want in the bathroom is a hard brown. Right. No, we do not. That you don't want. That. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had thought of that. Yeah. All right. There is something not to not make it be all serious here, but, but making your home great. Coming up in minutes. Uh, hospital acquired pneumonia. This Bad. is a big deal. Bad. Hospital acquired pneumonia means yeah. you go in for something else, and you get pneumonia. Then yeah, and there? so a lot of the deaths from COVID. Okay, were associated with the ventilator. Those are called VAP, ventilator-associated pneumonias. Yes. Now, when you use a ventilator, it's a tube stuck in your trachea, and they're actually blowing air with a forceful pressure into your lungs, as opposed to how you normally get air in, which is a passive flow. Yes. Right? Your your, uh, diaphragm. Uh, below the lungs, yes. uh, contracts, uh, reduces the intrathoracic pressure. In other words, it makes a vacuum in your chest. Right. That's why you have ribs and it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. And the air passively flows in. When you're on a ventilator, there's a machine. <laughs> sounds like Darth Vader. Oh, gosh, yes. Luke, <laughs> I am your ventilator. <laughs> you know? And okay. so... That pressure can yes. force bacteria into the lung tissue. Oh, my. And also stretch the lung tissue and cause stuff. So that's one type, VAP, ventilator-assisted pneumonia. And it mm-hmm. killed a lot of people with COVID. The other is that, you know, and don't get me wrong, hospitals are wonderful places. Yes. But, man, are they got germs in there. And, you know, I'm oh, a yeah. germ kind of guy. Uh, I think you should go out and play in the dirt. I think you should... Go with uh, Brock and crawl under the uh, the crawl spaces. Sure, unless there's black mold in there, you know. Yeah. But the more you're exposed to germs, the better off you are. But these germs in the hospital aren't nasty. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Nasty. For instance, if you had chicken McNuggets, yeah, and you drop them on the floor of the hospital, there is no five second rule there. I I'll eat it. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't eat it. Now ingestion Not is one thing. Inhalation is Inhalation's different. Okay. okay. So there is a type of bad bacteria that is infectious. Yes. It's in the hospital. It's called Clostridia. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh. And the specific thing is Clostridium difficile, and that causes a nasty diarrhea. Yes. And it's associated with certain antibiotics. Right. Uh, clindamycin, uh, penicillin. Uh, it wipes out the good bacteria and allows Clostridia to grow up, and it produces this toxin. That, you know, turns your, you know what, into a jet engine. Yes. I mean, you know, just, you know, the afterburner is just. Okay, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I do. It's okay. a medical show. All right, that's If fine. you don't want to talk about this gross stuff, you know, okay. what, the heck, what the heck have you been doing here for three years? I have, I. Anyway, I know. Uh, so pneumonia, uh, these are these are resistant bacteria because they've been exposed to antibiotics. Right. Which is why, you know, as nice it is as, as it is to go to a hospital, you don't want to go there unless you need to. Right. And if you get a hospital-acquired pneumonia, it, don't blame the hospital. Unless 
you know, the statistics show they've got more than should be expected, then they're not doing the right thing to clean up. All right. You know. If you missed any of the show, you want to hear it again, we are on Apple Podcasts or at Spotify, or, and this is easier, just go to hearthealthradio.com. We're back next week. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Wonderful show. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. Ta-da! Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.